Hey, hey guys, you're tuning in to the Mina B podcast. It's your girl Mina B, and you guys already know what time it is and where to find me on IG at Mina Doll. And yes, Happy New Year, friends, fans, listeners alike. Um, 2019 has definitely started off really well so far. Um, It's been a little bit slow at work. I was like, we've been twiddling our thumbs a little bit because it's just been so slow. Um, We're all coming off of great holidays. Um, I did a lot of traveling and um, a lot of eating. I have been eating like a pig, y'all. Like, real talk, I've been eating full fat bacon. I mean, (laughs) ham. I literally wrapped up the ham from Christmas at my mom's in Florida and packed it up and brought it with me. I was like, what? This is going to go in some collard greens. Oh my God, I'm going to make this for breakfast. Like, it's been ridiculous. So I am definitely about to get back on track, um, eating a little bit better because I just kind of let it all go and just did not care. Um, yeah, I did I did want to jump on and give you guys some an episode um for the first week of January and just jump in first week of the year and just jump in and talk about some stuff with my girlfriend. But I felt a little bit compelled to jump on here today and talk about this R. Kelly business. Um if you guys have been living up underneath a rock, um R. Kelly Man, his 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 stuff is back out there again, you know, in in full cir- full circle, everything is out and about about him, his sexual deviancy, being a sexual predator, uh child I guess pornography, all the whole the whole bit is out. Lifetime has done a series and I really didn't know it was a series at first. I just thought it was like, okay, maybe like a three-part series, whatever the case may be. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I don't have all the facts. Um I definitely watched part one and part two, um, Surviving R. Kelly on um Lifetime. So um just to jump right into it, when I remember when the accusations had first came about, it was like, mm, you know, we, I was young. I, I want to say what these accusations came back out about the the tape and him pissing on the girl um, in 2002. So I was what, 18, 17. So, you know, I didn't, we weren't really paying that shit much attention. Um, his albums were amazing. We listened to so much of the music. We didn't know what was, who to believe, what not to believe. All we know is tabloid scandals. You know what I'm saying? And we did know that he had gotten that, that, he had got off, you know, got out of jail and, you know, they set up a trial and all this other stuff. Then speed up to a, about five years later or six years in this case, because they said it was 2008 that he did go to trial. Um, I definitely was singing a different tune at that point. Um, I, and I've always been saying this and I'll continue to say this, that I, at that point, had stopped listening to his music because there's no way in hell that all these accusations come out and people are talking about you know, this stuff and he goes to trial and, you know, people are testifying against him and all this stuff. And this is not true. Like, no, I'm, yeah, no. Mm-mm. Um, a lot of people can sit here and try to compare his situation to that of Michael Jackson's, all of that. And I always say, don't talk about the King. That's number one. Number two, Michael Jackson is a different, was a different situation. It was a different beast. Um, Michael Jackson did not have good good people around him, you know, when he really evolved and really became the king of pop and really was killing it. So those things that happened to MJ, you know, do I believe they were, some of them were inappropriate? Absolutely. Do I believe he really did things to children? No. Um, 
And that's just my opinion on that. My opinion where R. Kelly stands is like, yeah, like OJ did it. Yeah, so the fuck he did too. Okay, so <laughs> let's just jump right into it. Um, I just, I think it kind of touches home for me in a way because I've known people that have known young women that have been raped, known young women that have been molested, um, things that have gone on and I've heard about, um, even family members that have told me certain things and, you know, I, I don't come from a place where I understand it because no, it hasn't never happened to me, but I do understand abuse. Um, I understand being a young woman. I understand master manipulate, master manipulation. I understand, um, that being an advocate for women is something that is a must. And I advocate for women because it it's just who advocates for black women? Nobody, nobody. Nobody black, um, nobody advocates for black women. Okay. Um, it's just kind of like everything's always swept under the rug, especially in black families, you know, African American fa families, West Indian families, anybody did anything wrong to you, touched you sexually, any molestation, any of that was always swept under the rug, always left in with skeletons in the closet because of embarrassment, because nobody, you, you can't, you can't bring embarrassment onto your family. You can't, why, and, and it's always amazing to me that things like that can be talked about. Um, you can never, in a, a, growing up in a black family, you can never say to your mom that you were abused or something happened to you. And it just, not saying my, my situation, um, my family, or my, my I want to say my parents, my mom and my dad, um, they're very open and very receptive and to, to me and my little sister and I was blessed. But I have heard things that you just did not talk about certain things. You know what I'm saying? And there was people that could not go to their parents. You know, it was handle your business, go to school, stay in a child's place. Um, there was any, it wasn't ever any room to talk about those type of things because it was more so fear of talking up and speaking out and them really believing you and not thinking that it's something that you heard on the radio or something that you saw on TV and really taking into account what it is. Um, my mom, on the other hand, um, she told him, told me flat out. She's like, boys, boys don't do good things. <laughs> okay. Boys don't do good things. Um, you don't be around boys. You sit with your legs closed. You crush, you, you cross your legs, you crush your legs, just your ankle. Like she always made it very clear that there's a fine line between a woman's genitalia and a, a man's genitalia. So I never got to, you know, and she never let me out. I'm going to be honest. My mama never really let me stay anywhere. Um, I had best friend, my, my childhood best friend, Sasha. She had two brothers. Um, they, those were my brothers and they were busy in sports doing things. And those were my brothers. You, you get what I'm saying? Like I was fortunate. I never, ever went through nothing because she didn't let me go nowhere. You know, that was the only house that I was allowed to go to until I was a teenager. Okay. And growing up. You know, it just, you, you seeing girls being fast and stuff like that, I get it. Um, I understand that aspect, but also coming from a place where I have definitely dealt, dealt with a guy that was older than me, um, that I knew I shouldn't have, but at the same time, I knew that it was better than dating someone in my high school, better than everybody knowing about it, um, and... He was fly. He had a car. He, you know, 
he he was handsome he had a job like what look thinking about it now it was like what were you getting out of dating a 16 year old okay 21 years old what are you getting out of dating a 16 year old or trying to talk to a 16 year old um and it's funny I know this guy still to this day and um he's tried to date me like even in my even in adulthood and I just be looking at like my phone like or my you know my Instagram or my Facebook because that's like the only you know way means of communication like nigga fuck out of here I would never fucking talk to you like the person I was at 16 years old you think I am that same person at 20 something and then even now at 30 something like nigga go fucking kick rocks barefoot barefoot into traffic okay um and that's just how I feel about that I've been there and I get it I've been manipulated my first serious relationship was a horrible relationship you know, at 18 years old, I was being manipulated. I was being told my friends didn't give a fuck about me, that um, my ex-boyfriends were this, were that. Like, he verbally abused me until he tried to physically abuse me, okay? And at that point, I was 19 years old, and he was trying to literally choke the life out of me. Um, And I'm a little bit crazy, so of course, I'm just kind of like spaz like once he let go of me I lost my shit like I just I just I will always remember that I lost my shit and I just started swinging on him and started fucking his ass up you know um and his mom actually lived he was living at his mom's house at the time um his mom heard what was going on and um broke us apart you know what I'm saying so that happened to me very early on. So it's very, very difficult for me to take any type of disrespect. It's very difficult for me to take any verbal abuse. Um, as I got older, any signs of you verbally talking to me some type of way, I would snap. Um, any type of disrespect, snap. Um, any type of man talking to any of my friends any type of fucking way or their boyfriends or whatever like yo that's not fucking normal that's not normal his behavior and how he's treating you is not normal you know and that's from that ex- that experience um yeah you 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 can't get one on me <laughs> sorry it's not happening um but yeah that's my that's my my tidbit that's my story and i just feel like you know my case i got very 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 lucky you know very 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 lucky but i know a lot of girls that have not been lucky i know a lot of girls who've been through some fucked up things um not having a dad at home or not having anybody to talk to them about shit and really went down some fucked up paths so i totally and utterly sympathize with these women and these young girls and what they've gone through um especially with somebody with that much power like that much power yeah i i I don't know how you could say we are the parents at that point i don't really know how y'all could sit there and say y'all was being fast um the things that people are saying on ig and twitter and all that it's just so disheartening it's so disheartening to know that as a community we want to blame Young women, women that were 15, 16, 14, 18. Like, you want to blame young, impressionable minds instead of blaming a grown-ass man. Says a lot about our culture. So, anyway. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going through this part one. And I'm like, yo, 
Like, this nigga had his backup singers, which were young girls in high school that, you know, were talented, all of that, whatever, recruiting girls, like recruiting girls at age 14. Um, and he definitely, you know, his family, his brothers, child please, if y'all seen that nigga Bruce, that uh, Bruce Kelly, who's in jail for a plethora of other, um, that's his oldest brother, R. Kelly's oldest brother. He's in jail for a plethora of other things. And um, just his stance on things and how he was talking about stuff, his ass definitely, definitely, definitely could stay in jail for a long time. <laughs> okay, like, you, you don't even get it. You're so fucking ignorant, bro. Um, and his younger brother, uh, R. Kelly's younger brother, Carrie, he had confirmed that he had been molested by a family member at six years old. Um, R. Kelly did a 2012 interview with Tavis Smiley um, and spoke about molestation between the ages of seven to 14. So in those instances, you know, I don't know statistics. I'm not a, you know, I, I don't always give y'all 100% stats. Sometimes I just talk about things that I am knowledgeable of, but I don't know down to percentages wise. But, um, it's it's kind it's kind of common knowledge that some of the abused people that are abused they turn around and abuse or can be very you know if they've gone through sexual abuse they turn around and they can be very very sexually advanced and sometimes rather extreme um and it's just crazy because when it happens to black girls when it happens in our communities we don't jump on it we don't call it out we don't you know and 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 it 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 builds traumas you know what i'm saying it builds constant trauma in that person's life so a young girl that's been raped or a young girl that's gone through something she may either close herself off to sexual advances it may plague her relationships going forward or she could be really sexually advanced like really you know, out there fucking everything down because that's all she knows. That sexual trigger happened so early in her life. You 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 understand what I'm saying, guys? Like it it. I don't think that people understand sexual abuse and understand what it really does and how impactful it is. Um, it's just so taboo to talk about, but it's a reality. But the fucked up part about this this situation is that if this was happening to white girls, this would be another story. If this was a black guy doing this to white girls, he'd been in under the jail. He'd be hanging from a tree. Right or wrong. So, because he's R. Kelly, he has gotten away with this for decades. 20, 30 years. Speaking of 20, and 30, 20, 30 years, let me play this clip of you. That's how you know that this is a person who has no remorse. That is how you know this is a person who does not get the dynamic because he's so deep down rooted and hurt from the things that he's gone through, the traumas that he's, you know, blocked off that doing what he does makes him feel powerful. Doing what he does is his therapy for his hurt, for his pain. Um, and it doesn't excuse it. Nigga needs to be in jail, period, point blank. So check out this clip. Let me play it for y'all. A one billion motherfuckers loving me. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I am handcuffed like a lot of you motherfuckers. I'm handcuffed by my destiny. It's too late. They should have did this 
30 years ago. It's too late. So yeah, that's a clip from uh, episode one or part one of Surviving R. Kelly. This is from a Facebook feed or Facebook live that he did or somebody did and videotaped him. And I'm sitting here like, my nigga, like, yo, watching this, it it was sickening as fuck, first and foremost, but watching this kind of made me realize how this, and they mentioned mentioned it, like a lot of the people that were being interviewed mentioned how he was hiding in plain sight. Hiding in plain sight. Like, damn, like, I don't, yo, that, yo, that shit just made my skin crawl just thinking about it like all the songs that he sung were about certain experiences and it was like experiences with younger girls AJ nothing but a number when he wrote that song for Aaliyah and what she was talking about we'll get to Aaliyah in a minute but like as a 33 year old woman watching this shit now and listening to music now and thinking about the words and the word play oh hell nah that shit's not normal. It's not normal and it's not right. Um, yeah, I don't know, guys. That shit, I don't know. It is. It, it kind of was fucking with me. <laughs> it, 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 it's definitely like, mm-mm. I just really don't, I really don't like the narrative that the, that, that, that you're being fast or being grown how is someone being fast and grown with an adult? With a grown-ass fucking adult? Please tell me. How? Thinking about age ain't nothing but a number. Nigga, that's how you felt. <laughs> that's how you felt. That's how a lot of niggas felt, feel. Still to this day. You, you understand what I'm saying? And it's like, it's a sick moment. But again, when you're young, you don't know nothing. When one of the interviewers said, you know, was saying about the hiding in plain sight and that, you know, you got to think about, okay, so let's jump into the Aaliyah situation. So you're thinking about Aaliyah and all of that. Aaliyah, it was an angel on earth, period, point blank. But um, how impressionable was she? She was just like all the other girls that he dealt with. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that, just the, the, the way they were talking and playing playing on these interviews. I'm like, how could her parents not see that? And and, and how did her, her uncle, who was his manager, not bear witness to any of this type of stuff? Okay? Like, what? I'm, I'm confused. Um, so, not to give it all away, but just to give a portion, just to, you know, let y'all know, like, where I'm coming from with this. Aaliyah was supposedly said to have been pregnant. That is why they got married. She was 15. He was 27 years old. So getting married fixes the pregnancy, makes it go away. And that's when, you know, all the turmoil and everything like that started coming out. Um, R. Kelly had a personal assistant slash a tour, co- a tour manager, Demetrius. And he's on this fucking show recalling moments and recalling situations as one of the closest people to R. Kelly knowing Aaliyah in and out like just knowing her very very well because he was always around and to think that you are just as much as an accessory to all of R. Kelly's crimes is like he that Demetrius need to go to jail he need to go to jail too 
Because, nigga, you knew. You knew all this stuff was going on. Like, and this is another thing, not protecting our young women. Not protect, like, this is the early 90s, but golly, this is 2019. We have to really, really take account around the, the things that are going on in our in our communities, bruh. Like, how do you know this man is sexing down 14-year-old girls, doing the things that he's doing, and, and you don't say anything about it? He said he wanted to talk to Aaliyah, but he just he just didn't. She he knew she wanted to talk to her. He you know she he knew that she wanted to talk to him rather, um, just by the look on her face and stuff like that. And it was funny because um, earlier this week a statement before the show aired on Lifetime, a statement had went out supposedly, allegedly. Uh, this statement came out from Aaliyah's mom, and um, you know, God rest her soul. Um, she died so young and so tragically, but y'all knew, y'all had to have some type of inkling that something went right with your daughter, and and and, and come nah, come on, mm mm, I just yeah, that's the shit was a little bit od, um, and even down to his brother Bruce. Bruce was talking about that's the oldest brother that's in jail. He was talking about how the Bekele men, they have all have their preferences. What's wrong with having a preference? His preference just happens to be younger women. Nigga, y'all are implicating this man. Y'all, y'all are all implicating him for so many different, on so many different levels, but not holding him accountable. Let's implicate him, but not hold him accountable. Please tell me. Please tell me. Um, Yeah. <laughs> this shit I, you know if you could make this shit up um and it just it just makes you think like it just makes you think about black men how their mind really works um I'm not saying all black men there's very there's a I'm, I'm more than certain that there's a portion of black men who understand the dynamics of having a sound mind and a clear mind when it comes to women and protecting and providing and understanding that there are certain things that you just don't do to women um knowing your place with a woman um age appropriateness is being one of them okay um but then you do have people like r kelly people like brothers and uncles that just don't understand that their sexual deviancy does not have to it, not even that it doesn't have to. This is a sickness. This is an illness. So it, it, you know, it even plagues, you know, it just plagues on levels. And then they're not aware, or they are, they are aware, but they're not aware of the damage because their sickness and their illness is just so deep rooted, you know? Um, so uh, if you guys don't know all the levels of his. 2002 child pornography case um it was a child pornography case just being that it was a tape um where sexual acts were being performed and all of that um instead of it being a statutory rape charge because there's no victim there's no victim that came forward there's no victim with a with a name all of that i mean they probably have the name but there's nobody that said hey he did this to me this is a tape that has been released to the the press and you know got the hand got into the hands of law enforcement so um of course you know he made you know r kelly had made bail and you know all of that they couldn't they couldn't with that portion of it they couldn't 
prove the evidence, like evidence in proving the age of the girl. Um, then it went to trial, all of that good stuff. Um, it just kind of, and it kind of, and it kind of freaks you out because I never realized like, yo, all that stuff was going on and he was still making all this music. Um, TP2, TP3, Chocolate Factory over six years before it went to trial in 2008. And um, Tarana Burke of the Me Too movement said that at his best, he made one of the best songs ever. And it kind of covered up who he was, covered up what he was. Um, Step in the Name of Love will not be motherfucking played at my uh, wedding. <laughs> okay. Or any family functions. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate because that song, it, it resonates with family. It resonates with happiness. It, you know, happy people. It, all, all of us, all of those songs resonate so much with us. Um in our community and and this man that's made this good music uh, amazing music and is such a deviant and so like he did he did so much over the course of time where his life was in so much turmoil like it's crazy like even like they said that that we associate pop culture is as far as pop culture when you hear r kelly you hear all the, you hear about the good songs that he has put, like I Believe I Could Fly, Step in the Name of Love, Chocolate Factory album, all that. But then you also have to put into consideration that we associate him with being pissed on or, or pissing on a girl. And, you know, even Dave Chappelle, like the Dave Chappelle skit that was, it was hilarious at the time. But at the same time, knowing that it wasn't a grown woman, that it was a little girl, a 14-year-old woman, young lady, um... It's kind of like, damn, it's always been fun and games when we associate these type of things with R. Kelly. And it's sickening that we've created this and we've made this into pop culture just because, you know, we like his music and like who he is. It it, it just, it come on now. Um, statistically, um, one, I think one of the, there's there was a few, I think there was two or three psychologists that were on the, the, the show. Um, she's one of the, one of them said that it takes seven tries to leave your, to, your abuser. And that's probably why it's very difficult for women to leave their abusive relationships, leave abusive marriages, all of that stuff. And you have to really feel for Andrea Kelly, um, R. Kelly's wife, who has been on, golly, what was that show? I totally forgot what show she was on. I drew a blank. She was on a show and that's how you knew she was R. Kelly's wife and all of that. Um, with Eddie Murphy's ex-wife and Prince's ex, um, ex-wife. Um, I drew a blank on what it was. But anyway, in any event, um, I always see her cry. I always see her really upset or like, you know, trying to express the things that she's gone through. But to hear in this particular Surviving R. Kelly series, her, what she went through and how she, how he was so controlling over her and how his, his level of manipulation Ain't no way a grown woman is sitting up there bawling her eyes out, recalling the things that had happened to her and it didn't happen. Like, y'all can't say that this lady is a liar, okay? And you know what also, like, we also, we're all, you know, having communication over Instagram about, you know, this, this, the reveal of all of this is that no artists have spoken up about the things that has gone on, the things that they have heard. Um, and a lot of them have worked with him, you know, 
and, and nobody has spoken up against him. And that's the crazy part. All these interviewers and journalists and, you know, people like that, they're talking, they're saying stuff. Wendy Williams definitely had had a lot to say because she interviewed her, her his younger brother, Carrie, um, years ago. Um, I think because it came out that it came out that his R. Kelly's prosecution team or the his lawyers rather said that Carrie was it was Carrie in the video, not him. So Carrie, instead of, you know, talking to his brother, he went to the press and said that it wasn't him and all this other stuff and basically indicated that, you know, what what will happen will come to light. Um and he said that he said that to hurt his brother, but nigga, you know good and well your brother did all of that shit. Like, let's just stop it. Um, this industry is just a little sickening, and I know firsthand because I work in the industry. I work with certain artists, and um, for a brief moment in time, and I've definitely seen certain things. And I, I, I don't put anything past any musician, any person that has has money and has sought out fame. Um, I don't put nothing past them. So it's just amazing what money can do and that money trumps everything, everything. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, mm, it, it's crazy. So Sparkle, uh, it has said, it's been said that Sparkle's niece is the, is the girl that was in the tape, um, the 2002 tape, um, and she felt guilty and all this. And there's a lot of mixed reviews on this because he and she introduced her to R. Kelly and um, wanted her to start her, her rap career because she's seen all the stuff and, you know, the fame and the artistry that she was being afforded by knowing R. Kelly and having his help. So she wanted the same for her niece. Um, but she said that she did see certain things that were off. So a lot of people on IG was like, no, fuck that. Fuck Sparkle. She knew what the fuck was going on. Da, 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 da. But I really don't think so. Um, just kind of hearing her talk about things, I realized like, and it's obviously has removed her from the industry and has, you know, you know, she don't have a career like that anymore. Um, you don't really hear anything about her. But also you do see, you know, this is someone who is regretful, remorseful even. Um, because she went on the stand and there were witnesses or the witnesses on the stand were friends of the young lady who had to identify her in the tape pretty much. And they all identified her, her coaches, her, her teammates, things like that, things of that nature. Sparkle saying that, you know, I know him and that is my niece. And the, yo, just the fact that her family, her own family the girl's parents denied, denied that it was the girl on the tape. Her own brother denied, Sparkle's brother, which is the girl's, you know, I guess, like, I guess, I'm, I'm not sure. No, it wasn't her father, but it was her nie his niece. I, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, I could be wrong. But anyway, a relative nonetheless can sit on the stand and say that's not his niece or that's not her through the whole thing. So it makes me think to myself that the, again, people were just outright protecting R. Kelly through it all. And that it leads me to believe that she was paid off or her family was paid off. Um, and I did see something that said that from a very reputable source, 
Um, Sparkle definitely said that she felt that way, but she didn't know. She couldn't confirm it because she didn't talk to her family for 10 years after that. So do you think 2008, that, that, that case went to trial in 2008. It's to that, I'm sure that they were filming in 2017, 2018. So that's 10 years. That's a long fucking time. Okay. And it just, that the whole payoff, it's just, I'm sorry, y'all. It's very reminiscent of Bill Cosby and the things that has gone on with him in the past. How do people in the industry with power and money and all of that really think that they can always fully get off? You may have gotten off in the law, in the scheme of the eyes of the law, because you didn't have an actual physical um, physical victim, a physical person in the courtroom that said, hey, this happened to me. So that's what makes the case kind of quote, quote, unquote, null and void. But nigga, you did that shit. You did that shit. You did all of it. Okay. Um, again, it just, it just goes back to us standing for, standing for the celebrities, standing for them, putting them on the pedestal, acting like they're God. It's just, it goes back to us as a black community, always sweeping things under the rug, hiding you know, and, and, and then to think that the family just, you know, accepted money. Let's be for real. I think they, that they definitely accepted some money. Like I said, the sources say, <laughs> the sources say that they did. And it's like, instead of bringing shame, quote unquote, shame to your name, shame to his name and his, his, his career, y'all accept some money. Just like in our communities, instead of bringing shame to an uncle, a shame to a brother, a shame to a cousin, we sweep it under the rug. We act like nothing ever happened. We're scared to tell our mothers, scared to tell our fathers, scared to tell a relative that we trust because they're not going to believe us. Or if we do tell, they don't believe us because that is shameful, that is dirty, that is wrong, that is nasty. It's a plethora of wrong and, and you know, that's, and that, that is what makes up this, this, our black community so sickening. But we stand for our men being shot in the street. We stand for little boys that get shot by the police. We stand for all, you know, all other things, but sexual deviancy and, and molestation and not protecting our little girls and not protecting our, our, our nieces, our, ne like our nephews, little, little boys get hurt too. This is why we're, why we're even having a conversation about this from the beginning. R. Kelly was sexually abused as a child. Like, let's be fucking for real. This shit happens to our own. This shit happens to our own. So unless we do better as a community, have the conversations that we need to fucking have, this is always going to affect us. And it, it's kind of crazy that in the social media age, certain things come out and certain things are being revealed. And I'm happy about it. You know, and it's just amazing how everyone is, you know, the naysayers and the people that don't believe and all of that. Like the ignorant, the level of ignorance is amazing, is uncanny. And I don't want y'all to think for one second that... You know, these things that are being said, these quote unquote accusations and all this Me Too movement stuff ain't real. What makes y'all think it's not real if everybody's coming out to say something? Bill Cosby is what, 80 something years old? Legally blind and in fucking jail. Why? Why? Because he thought he was above it all. Drugging women. You're going to drug a woman to have sex with her? My nigga, where's your swag at? Nope. 
It ain't got to have nothing to do with swag. You want to hurt somebody without hurting her. You want to get your feels without her being conscious of it. Because that's something that a female human being would not want to happen to her. So you have to drug her to get what you want out of it. That is sickening. That is wrong. Period, point blank. Period, point blank. And it's crazy because even, even you know, in dating and being a grown woman, you, you, there's a portion of, of men, and I have to speak to black men about this, there's a portion of black men who, let me not say, you know what, yeah, I, have to, I have to say black men because I, I don't think white guys, so I don't know. There's a portion of black men that think that, who think that the terms of persuasion will get a woman to do exactly what you what they want you to do and what you like and do what you prefer just off of persuasion or not mon- not necessarily money not necessarily like took you out to dinner but like just talk to you about the things that they want sexually or how they want to do things or you might just be in the moment that's somebody you're dating and he might try you in another way and you're looking like oh my god like this is something that you've done before like nigga I'm not for the shits not saying that it's happened to me but this is things that I hear women talk about um or just persuade you in the sense of ain't got much to offer to you but the dick so let me try to just let you know that, hey, that this is what I have. This is what I want. I just want you to feel good. We're both grown. Like, all those type of conversations, bro, get, get, the, get the fuck out. Get, get out of here. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, like I said, there's levels to the, the sexual deviancy. There's a lot of young men that were raised to know that these things are not appropriate, that these things are not right, that... You know, didn't have men to tell them certain things. Or they did have men that told them that this is okay. That getting pussy is okay. That taking pussy is okay. She gonna say no, but you know what? She really want that shit. She lying. No, no, no and no. And this notion that we, this, this, this narrative that we teach our young women, young girls that boys are being mean to you. When a boy is being mean to you, that means he likes you. That is bullshit. So that means that if I'm, hypothetically, y'all, 13, 14 years old and I go to a little junior high school party and this little nigga try to run up on me and rape me or do something to me, that he's doing something bad, but he's doing it bad. He's doing something bad to me and I, it's because he really likes me. So I should just let it happen even though I feel uncomfortable, even though I feel it's wrong. That is what we're teaching girls. That is unfucking real. And that has been the narrative for decades, for generations. So, with all that said, um, I just want to know, when does it stop? When does it stop? When does it cut? Um, I felt more than compelled to come on here and to keep it all the way real and to to talk about this stuff with you guys um, and to share my fucking opinions because honestly speaking, like... I don't stand for it. It's wrong. I don't, I never fucked with it. When that shit went to trial in 2008, I just, I cold turkey stopped fucking with his music. I can't tell you if I even have any R. Kelly CDs. I may have thrown most of them out. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Um, 
Because I remember I just came home for the holidays. I went to New York briefly and I had like a whole set of CDs in my dad's, in, in my old room at my dad's house. And I know there ain't no R. Kelly CDs there. Um, so, and I stopped living with my dad in 2014. So, um, yeah, like I don't fuck with it. Um, I don't fuck with abuse. I don't fuck with anybody that does anything wrong to women. Um, I hate the fact that we blame women constantly and this shit has got to stop. I am totally and utterly open to having more dialogue about these types of situations and how to enlighten and strengthen and definitely uplift young young girls, young black women and, and, and women all, all alike, even adult women, because some of us just don't have that power, don't have that strength and haven't found it yet to get ourselves out of situations or just to peep situations for what they are. Um, so yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Um, a lot more to come in 2019, but um, I'm definitely not holding back in 2019. I'm going to be a little bit more of a savage on the Mean to Be podcast. <laughs> and I think I have been. I've been fairly honest and fairly open, but I definitely am not holding back on any potential or any questions or any ideas. So feel free to shoot me a DM at Mina Doll on IG. Um, yeah always accessible there and um feedback is always wanted hate will definitely get blocked on or i might screenshot your shit and post it on my ig it's what i like to do um and also what else what else what else what else you guys know where you guys can find the mean to be podcast on apple podcast itunes uh i am on google play stitcher soundcloud iHeartRadio, um, working on a couple more platforms to offer and yeah, so two more platforms to offer the podcast to other listeners on in other areas. And, um, there's a lot more to come of the season two of the Mean to Be podcast. So definitely stay tuned guys. Have a fabulous, fabulous weekend and I'm out.